Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And we are so glad. I keep saying it. I don't know any better way to put it. We are overjoyed to have you with us once again today. And we pray that these Bible studies are enriching your life. Amen. Are, are causing you to be challenged in your, in your heart and your mind to, to be more uh, than 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 you and I could possibly imagine ourselves becoming for Christ. You see, when the Word of God gets in a good ground heart, as it's described in the New Covenant, then the Bible said it will bring forth fruit. The Word of God, with the working of the Holy Spirit within us, and our yielded spirit unto the Lordship of Christ, it will bring forth fruit. Some thirty some 60 and some 100 fold. Praise God. So if I've got the option of 30, 60 and 100 fold, I'm going for 100. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're so glad once again for you to be with us. We are indeed overjoyed. And for those of you listening uh, from another state, this broadcast originates right here in Tampa, Florida, uh, where I have been the senior pastor slash evangelist of the Holy Church of God Incorporated uh, 45 years and counting, going on our 46th year, if I'm doing the math right. Good standing with Independent Assemblies of God International, a fellowship of of, of ministries, uh, independent ministries internationally, all around the world. And we're just part of a great company publishing the Word of God today. Amen. And we welcome you from other denominations. We're glad that you are listening to the Word of God. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's not about our particular persuasions except that there's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Jesus Christ. No other name given under heaven unto men by which we must be saved, save the name of Jesus. Praise God. So when we put Jesus as the centerpiece, we we really tear down a lot of walls that keep us apart, and we begin to rally around Him. Praise God. We're going to talk about that was then, this is now. It's from a series I used to minister called Living in the Now of Your Salvation, and I believe it's going to help you today. It's helping me as I minister it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to make some statements uh, uh, real quickly here as we get into the Word of God. If you have your Bible, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll read from 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. On the subject, that was then, this is now. And I want to make this statement on the onset. The very moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, all things become new. The scripture is clear about that. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things become new. That's why in baptism we are buried with him, the scripture declares, and we are raised with him to walk in the newness of life. You see, that was then the old man buried with him as if he never existed. And now the new man is raised with him to walk in the newness 
of life. So that's a very clear statement from the Word of God, a biblical statement. The moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, all things become new. We have a new standing with God, amen, that, that no one could have ever dreamed of before Christ went to the cross. This reconciled relationship with God so, so, so perfectly uh, uh, granted to us through the blood of Jesus that we can cry, Abba, Father. That's that, that Aramaic word for dada or daddy. It is not disrespectful. Once we hallow his name to, to know that we have this standing, we have a father in heaven, not a force somewhere in the universe. Praise God. We, he's not the man upstairs. He's our Abba Father. Praise God. Amen. We have a new standing with God, a reconciled relationship. I've made this statement before, but I want to make it again uh, on the onset of this teaching series of that was then and this is now. The reason that we're going to heaven. Heaven is a byproduct of a reconciled relationship. Heaven is not the grand design of God for us except that we can be with Him. Jesus said, In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. In the book of John, uh, John's Gospel, the Gospel of John, In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Notice the emphasis is not on the place. Oh, by the way, the place <laughs> is something else. God has prepared a, a place for everyone that receives Him. There's not just room at the cross for you, dear friend, as the song says. There's room in God's holy city. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you and and you know we used to hear evangelists come through and they 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 would preach and teach that that Jesus has had over 2000 years now building the place can you imagine what kind of place that it is by now Jesus doesn't have to build the place he doesn't have to oversee the building of your mansion <laughs> praise god for it amen god built god created the universe and everything in it when he spoke the word. So Jesus is not up sweating every day. And as soon as Jesus gets it all built, he's going to come. No, his preparing of a place for us means that he has ascended to heaven. His blood has not just been sprinkled on the ground underneath the cross at Calvary on Golgotha's hill. Oh, his blood has sprinkled the mercy seat in heaven. I don't know all of the mysterious part of that, but I know when when Mary wanted to grab hold of him and never let him go after the resurrection, he said, don't touch me. Don't try to hold me here is what he was saying. He, he, he was saying, don't touch me. You know, later on in that same glorified body, he allowed Thomas said, reach your hand in the wound. Feel me. I'm not an apparition. I'm not a spirit. I am a resurrected body. Hallelujah. I'm in a resurrected body. The one they buried is alive forevermore. Praise God. So, so he, he ascended 
to sprinkle the mercy seat in heaven. Amen. And when he did, we he brought us into a standing with God. And that is the preparation of the place for us. We are going to be welcomed into the holy city because Jesus' blood has been sprinkled on the mercy seat and God receives us as one of his own and one of his very family members living in the now of your salvation. It doth not, not, doth not yet appear what we shall be, but now we are the sons of God. This is gender neutral here. It's ladies and gentlemen. It's men and women, boys and girls that have received Christ as their Savior. We are the very sons of God. I, I know what people mean, and I'm not trying to be, you know, to be denigrating anyone by saying I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, you were an old sinner, and you were saved by grace. But the moment you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not just an old sinner. In fact, you can't be sinlessly perfect, but you are not an old sinner. Satan is no longer your master. Jesus is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to me carefully. We have this new standing with God that no one until the new covenant, no human being ever had this standing with God. Amen. Even the angels who are called the sons of God, they are not sons by adoption like we are. They are sons in terms of creation. We are new creations in Him. <laughs> Praise God. And we have the spirit of adoption, which is the Holy Spirit. And we cry, Abba, Father. And He bears witness and says, that is true. That is absolutely fact. So it doesn't matter how you feel today. Amen. Uh, there, the fact of the matter is, now we are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. What manner of love. This is what's, what really was so staggering to the apostle when he wrote that. He said, what manner of love is this that we might be called the sons of God. Now, I want to verify a statement as we finish John's gospel, I think it's 14, where we're talking about heaven and the place. And Jesus, listen to how it plays out very, very carefully. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again, <laughs> that heaven is a byproduct of a reconciled relationship. And the primary reason that Jesus went to the cross is not to prepare a place for us, but to prepare us for the place. <laughs> okay? Amen. To bring us into a relationship with God that we can live in the holy city, in His holy presence, and be welcomed and accepted. Praise God. Amen. Because He said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. Praise God. It's this proximity to the Father. It's this reconciled relationship to the Father. Amen. 
This is what Jesus has prepared when he sprinkled the mercy seat in heaven with his own blood. Amen. And God said, Now I can receive them. Now I can forgive them. I can cleanse them. And I can receive them. And they can be as close to me as my only begotten Son was. Because now... Everything has changed. We have a new standing with God. Remember the scripture? It said the just has suffered for the unjust that he might keep us from going to hell and take us to heaven as vitally important as that is. Listen to what he said. That he might bring us to God. You see, when we're reconciled unto God, and we, he can call us his very sons and daughters, and we can call him Abba Father. Abba Father. Jesus used that term because of his need to lean so heavily on his Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. Abba Father, he said. Abba Father. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what thy will be done. Amen. Listen, he cried unto God, not in some formality, but in an intimacy, in a, in a relationship that he could actually lean back against the Father's breast, figuratively speaking, Abba, Father, Amen. And he is the only begotten of the Father until after the cross. He is the holy, divine Son of God. Now, we certainly are not divine in any sense of the word. We we are not old sinners, but we were old sinners, and we have been saved by grace. But now we are the sons of God. And it doesn't appear what we shall be. We are looking through a glass darkly, as Paul said. We see images, but we don't see them as clearly as they are going to be when Christ comes. But the Bible said, when he comes, we will see him as he is, for we shall be like him. Our vile bodies are going to be like his glorified body. Hallelujah. Everything will be different. But right now, now, while we're waiting for his return, we are the sons and daughters of God. That's why Jesus answered when they asked him, his disciples, to teach us to pray. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Begin it with acknowledging this reconciled relationship with the Father, our Father, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have a new relationship with God, a new standing and a new relationship with God. For the just has suffered for the unjust that he might bring us to God. That's why heaven is going to be our long home, our forever home. That's why we can live in the holy city with holy angels and the holy trinity. Hallelujah. We have a new relationship with God and we have a new value system. Everything changes. Old things pass away. All things become new. Hallelujah. And we have a, a new sense of freedom from guilt 
and shame. Hallelujah. When you're forgiven, God doesn't want you to let the devil accuse you anymore. And God doesn't want you to let your conscience accuse you anymore. We're to have our conscience sprinkled from evil. That means that we're not to be conscious of the guilt of past sins. Once they are forgiven, once they are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. You know what God said he would do with our sin? He said, as it is written, as it is written, I will cast their sins away from them. As far as the east is from the west, and their sin will I remember no more. Their sin will I remember no more. Praise God. Amen. If, if you would try to, to go to God and talk to Him about your past sins, uh, he, he, would, he would let you know on no uncertain terms according to the Scripture. Amen. I distinctly remember forgetting that. Hallelujah. God knows everything, but he disassociates you from who you were. That's what symbolized it in water baptism. We're buried with him. That old man, as far as God is concerned, is dead and buried. Hallelujah. And that new man is raised up to walk in the newness of life. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. (laughs) Hallelujah. We have a new value system and we have a new sense of freedom from guilt and shame. Amen. We have a new peace, a new peace. It's different from the world's definition of peace. You know, the scriptures say the wicked are like the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Amen. It's so stormy on the top of the deep sea that it is actually agitating the very bottom of the sea. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. Oh, but the scripture is very clear in the new covenant. The God of peace fill you with peace in believing. Praise God. Amen. Jesus said, In this world you shall have tribulation, but cheer up. Be of good cheer. I have overcome it, that we might have His peace in our heart, in our life. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. It is peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost comes to live within us, to manifest the very person and presence of God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And in the present, His presence, there's fullness of joy. Because we have peace with God, we can enjoy the peace of God in our hearts and in our lives. And it's a peace when we trust everything to Him that passes all understanding. We have a new joy, a new outlook on life. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. At His right hand is pleasure forevermore. We have a new and better covenant established on better promises. Why? Because the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of bulls and goats. All of that 
was type and foreshadow, and the only reason that they could offer those sacrifices and have forgiveness was based on Jesus to come, who would be the final lamb that would ever be slain and the final blood sacrifice that God would ever accept. But thank God He accepted it when Jesus went to the cross, stayed on the cross, and still our sin debt, mine and yours, was paid in full. Now, let's talk about right now, past sins are forgiven and they are cleansed. First Corinthians six eleven nine through 11. Listen, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And everybody in the listening audience say that was then. That was then. And, and, and it goes on in verse 11, And such were some of you. And such were some of you. That was then. Ah, but this is now. <laughs> uh, I can almost hear you saying it with me. That was then, but this is now. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. We're in the now of our salvation. But ye are washed but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Washed, sanctified, justified. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, this is a cleansing that can only be achieved through the blood of Jesus Christ at the cross. Look at Revelation 1 and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Oh, we used to sing the great Christian hymn, Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by your Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside these garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. You know, that's the great question, isn't it? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Praise God. When you get washed in the blood, then you can be sanctified by being 
washed with the word of God. The Bible said Jesus loved the church and cleansed it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it unto himself a glorious church, not having spot, not having blemish or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy. We can never present ourselves to God that way, but we can be presented to God that way through the blood of Jesus and through the washing of water by the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. We got just enough time to read something here. A lot of scripture. Well, not a lot. Just a few verses in closing this portion of this teaching. That was then. This is now. Revelation 7, 9 through 14. It said, After this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God saying, Amen, <laughs> Hallelujah, blessing, glory, wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be unto our God forever and ever, Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. <laughs> and he said unto me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. They have came out of great tribulation. These are not just those who are saved during the tribulation, called tribulation saints. No, these are everyone who has come to Christ and received Him as their Savior. And the blood of Jesus has been applied and they have been washed. You see, through, through much tribulation, we enter in to the kingdom of God. There is pressure that's what tribulation means, not the great tribulation, but tribulation, the word. In this world, you shall have tribulation. There's always going to be pressure brought to bear in faulty bodies in a fallen world. And especially, the enemy is going to fight you and I when we are considering making Jesus the Lord of our life and asking for forgiveness of our sin, being washed in the blood. The enemy's going to fight you over that tooth and toenail. Yeah, someone said he'll throw everything at you but the kitchen sink, and I'm going to tell you he'll throw the kitchen sink too. But if you decide that you you feel God drawing you and you respond to Him and say, I want to be saved. I am done with Satan. I am done with sin. I repent of my sin and I come to you 
and put my trust and my faith in you for my salvation. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> you can say that was then, but this is now. And I'm living in the now of my salvation. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. There is none like Him. There is none like Him. Praise God. You see, friend, the blood of the Passover lamb was supplied by Christ's death. But it had to be applied. This blood of the Passover lamb had to be applied to each and every household in order for the death angel to pass over. The scripture is very clear that Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today, if you haven't been washed, today you don't have a robe of righteousness and you can't stand before God in your own, I urge you, don't run from God anymore. Don't run from Jesus. Run to Him. Run to Him. Repent of your sin. Run to Jesus. Fall at His feet at the foot of the cross figuratively. And He will welcome you with open arms. Forgive your sin. Make everything new that you may say, that was then, ah, but this is now. Praise God, hallelujah. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.